0: i remember talking to a friend about it and saying and him telling me well you can't read the bible parker you can't it's not meant to just be read through it's just meant to be taught and it's a lot of analogies and metaphors for life of good teaching but it's not you can't just sit down and read it and i remember telling granger that and he was like that's just nonsense
1: when you think about the profound influence of the bible on the world the way that it is shaped our culture, whether you're a follower of Christ or not, it's probably a good idea that you know at least what it says. It's gonna be about us taking and reading the Bible. Welcome to the take and read podcast. This is Chad. I am here and excited with my guest Parker this week Uh, Parker and I have met uh, Well, we met through my relationship with his big brother And that has turned into our own friendship and journey, which is really exciting So I'm excited to have you here with us today on the take and read podcast Uh, one of the things that we like to do uh, On the take and read podcast, especially when we have a new guest and you are a new guest a first-time visitor, but you will probably be here many times in the years to come. If this thing goes years, who knows? I mean, you just yeah. never know.
0: Well, this setup is
1: already way better than the Granger Smith podcast, so <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> so uh, with a new guest or a first-time guest, uh, what I love to do is get people just to tell briefly their story or the way that they've encountered the bible specifically so it may not be just in in full your testimony it may be in part your testimony but if you can remember kind of give us a general overview of what your life experience has been in relationship to the bible you remember the first time like you read the bible or you remember as a kid what it was like to encounter the bible and then what does that look like for you today
0: yeah i was uh raised in a christian home grew up with Uh, First of all, thank you very much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, You're a huge mentor to me, and it's truly a blessing to know you and have you in my life as someone that I can uh, relay just things that are going on. It's been incredibly helpful for growing my faith, too, so thank you for that. Absolutely. Um, My faith story, I I grew up in a Christian home, grew up with mom, reading the Bible every morning as early as I can remember, was mom sitting down with a cup of coffee in the morning, And seeing it on dad's nightstand as well and uh, going to church growing up, but never uh, proactively reading it on my own necessarily. Mm -hmm. It always sat on my shelf and it was something that I was proud of. I was proud that it was there. I was proud to be, you know, a follower of Christ, but uh, I, I wasn't radically pursuing him outside of Sunday morning.
1: Can you think back to possibly like what was your like mentality around that? Did you think that? well, I don't need to read it frequently. It's just good that it's here. Or was it a, I can't understand it unless somebody reads it to me and is there to explain it. Do you remember it all or maybe you don't? Both, both.
0: Vividly remember both because this is just an interesting topic to me in the idea of the difference between professing Christ's name, professing the name of Jesus and then possessing the Holy Spirit. Mm. And it was a real wake up call for me as i began to see some of my closest friends and family be completely born again it went from an accessory of their life to the center and the root of their whole life and thinking why are they all of a sudden such radical christians what has changed in their life what is this why are they so passionate about it like don't get me wrong i love jesus but why is it just all they ever talk about and Mm. all they ever think about and then beginning to ask them and explore that and be like, what happened to you? What's the deal? Mm-hmm. And, and then it was just a wake-up call from my own life, realizing that I remember having this conversation with Granger, my brother, and saying, I mean, I remember talking to a friend about it and saying, and him telling me, well, you can't read the Bible, Parker. You can't. It's not meant to just be read through. It's just meant to be taught. And it's a lot of analogies and metaphors for life of good teaching, but it's not, you can't just sit down and read it. And I remember telling Granger that. And
1: he was like, that's just nonsense. That's just so. No it was trick. almost for them like a reference text. Like it's, it's like an encyclopedia. You're not going to sit down and read a dictionary, for instance. You just reference it from time to time, and that's the way they were suggesting the Bible should be right. used. Right, like, and
0: so gr- growing up, it was uh, I, w- I would open it up on Sunday mornings and then reference it for whatever lesson we were going through. I would try to read it some, but it was intimidating, and it was hard to read, and I didn't understand it, and I wanted to mm-hmm. fall asleep before I even read a paragraph. And then I told that to Granger, and he said, the next time you read it, I was super into personal development and self-help and becoming the best person that I can Mm. be. And so he actually threw me into Romans and he said, open Romans. Before you open it, ask God, say a It could be a 10-second prayer. Say, God, this is changing other people's lives around me. They are so passionate about it. Help me see it. Help me understand these words because it's so intimidating to me right now and I did, and it wasn't an all-at-once revelation, but over time, I began to hunger for it and crave it. Hmm.
1: So you can remember back to that experience of being on the other side, looking at people who were just on fire, were were hard-charging for the Lord, and wondering, what is their deal? And now you're you're on the other side of that,
0: yeah, and and I so I can talk because it was less than a year ago. It okay. really was. Yeah. I can really empathize with those people because it just happened last February was what it was, and and I, and I started reading in Romans, and I just started reading a little bit in the evenings of Romans every day, and it just slowly began to be began to become more interesting to me. Mm and i just took a step back some a lot of my friends were agnostic and I, and they were like you're all looking at the same we're all looking at the same god it's all a big broken mirror and i was like i need to learn more about my faith why do mm. i follow jesus christ yeah. and i just looked up on youtube what's the difference between the, the five major religions help me educate myself mm. rather than, than just than just blindly following a, a religion because i was because it was what i grew up uh grew up doing and that's what all my friends and family right. did and so uh it was a kind of a combination of educating myself and all the religions and, and and then also just diving into the word and having that supernaturally affect me
1: oh that's awesome i mean that's so the the name of this podcast take and read comes from a a historical book, uh, not the Bible, but Augustine's Confessions, and in that he hears a, what he h- thinks are children playing a game outside in some other like house or something like that as he's walking through the streets, and he hears the phrase tole lege, tole lege, which is Latin for take and read. So he, th- he thinks it's kids. He's trying to figure out where they're coming from, then he realizes that it's the Spirit of God calling him to take and read. So he goes back to where he had been staying, finds uh, himself in the book of Romans, and realizes the Lord is directly speaking to him about his life and his trajectory. And so it's interesting, the power that, um, obviously the word, but then the, likeni- the, the how much like Augustine and others that have encountered God through the book of Romans. So uh, if you wanna jump into the book of Romans, man, get after it uh you'll probably read it multiple times throughout your life and still yes. wonder what what's all going on <laughs> yes. here there's a lot going on there um let me ask you what does your time with the word look like if you had your kind of most ideal situation or scenario uh what would you sitting down with the bible consist of
0: uh so my alarm goes off at 6 15. uh i get up, brush my teeth, get dressed. And then by 6.30, I am on my knees in prayer for roughly anywhere from five to 15 minutes, depending on the day. (laughs) And then what I've enjoyed doing, I was just, I read through the entire New Testament. I like to spend at least 15, ideally 30, 45 minutes in the word. And I was just reading uh, straight through a chapter, but then Granger got me on this reading plan where it goes to old testament to new testament yeah uh chapters and uh the McChain or something yep. yeah yep yep that's it so uh that's what i'm on right now and that's that's been really cool as i've kind of progressed and then read it all the way through um it's been cool to to be able to get like little pieces uh here and there so that's you know anywhere from 15 to 30 to 45 minutes in the morning um and then and then i go about my day but i i also i will also do it in the evening as well
1: for so you've got a routine of that it's not only morning and it's i mean it's pretty consistent would you say it's a daily endeavor now yeah that's how you start your day as normal as it would be to grab a cup of coffee and eat breakfast you're also reading the word
0: yes okay and if i don't then i i pay for it throughout the day do you
1: feel it I mean, yeah. you experience a just a disconnect, or how, what do you mean you feel it?
0: Yeah, it's just, uh, it's a disconnect. I feel, uh, it almost like as if you didn't get enough sleep that night, huh. just kind of that feeling where you just feel off. I feel like I just have, when I'm able to wake up and, and have my time in prayer and then have my time in the word, it really is the, the daily renewal of my mind where God is you know giving me that that armor to go and, and take on the day. And I feel less patient, um, less intentional uh, when I don't get it started that
1: way. I totally, I can totally relate to that. I, the, and I remember going from when I was in college and I was single and being able to carve that time out and then going from single to married and now finding time and space just to be alone with the Lord became more difficult and then add one kid, then two kid, then three kid. But I'm now in a season where I can, I can fight for that time. But it is, it's something I have to be intentional with and I notice if I, if I don't get it. Yeah. And for me, I notice if it doesn't happen at the same time, like first thing in the morning, like the idea of of prioritizing God's voice through his word, the Bible, to be the first word I encounter on a in a day, the day turns out differently mm-hmm. rather than letting someone else. I mean, the temptation to grab the phone really quick and just see if i have any messages or i mean the temptation to do that but even the days when i can say i'm not even going to look at that yet i'm not going to let any other word cross my mind or visually encounter it until i've let god speak because his voice matters most and so i can totally relate that feeling like you're tired you're off you didn't rest well like i can i can totally relate yeah yeah um, and you said you also do it in the evening. What does that time look like?
0: Yeah, so in the morning I'll do my four chapters, two two Old Testament, two New Testament, and then in the evening I'll I'm will just pick up wherever I left off. Oh, okay, and I typically am pretty sleepy in the evening, so that's literally like one two maybe three chapters in the evening and so like right now i'm in a small group that's going like through a deep dive through ephesians and so this week we're on we're on ephesians one and that's just so jam-packed that in the evenings mm-hmm. i've just been reading that every single night over yeah. and over again and i like the idea of kind of like you said when the very first words of the day are the words of god before you even let anything else into your mind something also have you had bernie on the podcast
1: not yet okay he's coming
0: uh so a good friend of ours bernie uh i remember him telling me how before he'd go to bed at night he'd he'd pray with his wife and then he would pray before he went to sleep he was like god fill me up with your spirit help me to increase my faith as i go to sleep tonight and my mind shuts down help just supernaturally fill my mm. subconscious with your spirit and i love the idea of before you go to bed at nights. like what's the last thing that mm-hmm. was on your mind yeah and so even if i can just get two or th- if i'm dead tired if i can just get two or three sentences in as silly as that sounds it's like why not why not just have something for your subconscious to kind of be meditating on
1: well and, and that idea that prayer is a conversation and it is i think it And reading the Scriptures is a part of that conversation because we believe this to be God's Word. He has spoken and revealed Himself to us in the Bible. So as He speaks to us through the Word and we engage in prayer and have a conversation, that's us responding to what He said. And His Spirit causes things to resonate and kind of emphasize Uh, the Spirit's there to convict and show us different things that He's spoken in His Word. And so to finish the day is kind of a... You know, kind of finishing out that conversation that began at the beginning of the day to where even throughout the day there are times where you kind of send one off to the Lord you're like hey Lord this is going on or I'm frustrated with this or maybe that scripture comes back to your, your mind in the middle of the day and so there's this ongoing kind of conversation that it is spiritual, it is supernatural it's not like, because God is not like you and me Right? There is this, this amazing reality that he has sent his spirit to dwell within us, and so we have this ongoing presence of his and dialogue with him. So, man, I love it. Parker, good stuff, good stuff. Okay, so the the reason why I brought you here is that we would take and read the Bible. And you have no clue, which is kind of fun, where we're going. Nope. Okay, so we're going to be uh, in the Gospel of Mark, In fact, I think uh, I kind of set up the little ribbon in your Bible there to be uh, marked to the right spot in Mark. And we've started this journey. So if you are just joining us here on the podcast for the first time, you can easily catch back up. We have not made it too far into chapter one. Uh, We are yeah, we're, we're taking our time because we want to take, read, and just wrestle with this. And so there's kind of three phases to this conversation that you and I are going to have. We're going to uh, look at a passage. We're going to start in verse 14 of chapter 1. We'll read uh, verses 14 and 15, and then we'll see if we have time for, for more after that. But we're going to read it, and we're just going to try to understand what exactly is being said. Like there are when we encounter the Bible— there are words we don't normally use that are just kind of like, what does that mean? That seems like a very kind of churchy word mm-hmm. or Christian word. And so pausing to just make sense of the words that we encounter just so we know what's being said. Uh, then we want to ask the question, what does that mean? If we clearly understand what's being said, then we start to wrestle with what does this mean? What's, what's going on here? What's the bigger reality that this is showing us? And then we want to get into the, the kind of so what. So what does it matter? How does this impact or affect the way that I live as a, for me, a husband, a father, a brother, a son, whatever hat that I wear, how does, should this have an effect on me? Uh, and so we have... Uh, Started obviously in verse one, and there's topics that have come up over the last several podcasts, uh, and that's issues of the gospel. I mean, right away in in the gospel, Mark, you have uh, that word coming to the forefront, and so uh, we'll encounter that again today. But just in uh, if you are joining us for the first time, the idea of the gospel, Mark, this the reason why I selected this is because it's our earliest account of the life and ministry of Jesus. So it's the gospel or the good news according to Mark or John Mark, who was an early scribe. He was a companion of Paul and Peter's. This is believed to be the collection of Peter's teachings that John Mark took and he has organized it, led by the Spirit in a very particular way. He is trying to give us a portrait of Jesus Christ and he's trying to show something very specifically. I never knew that. So he's organizing it in a way that He's being intentional as he's being led by the Spirit, and so um, that's one of the things we're trying to wrestle with. What is he trying to show us about specifically Jesus because he's very intentional? So uh, verse 14 just comes out of the episode where Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness and is tempted for 40 days by uh satan and and resists those temptations Uh, and so now we see here in verse 14 so we'll pick up in 14 and 15 i'll read that really quick and then let's jump into what does it say now after john was arrested this is john the baptist who was introduced in the first couple of verses jesus came into galilee proclaiming the gospel of god and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of god is at hand repent and believe in the gospel all right so that's just two verses but what are some things like that you see we go okay we need to do some explaining about that now after john was arrested jesus came into galilee proclaiming the gospel of god i would say where is galilee okay so we have galilee's in the middle east um do you have a little map in the back of your bible I think I do in mine we should be able to find here it's a great question I've uh, got several maps here if you're out there and you have a Bible and it doesn't have maps man you need to track down some maps okay so we've got Oh, here we go mine's a it's a big map called the Ministry of Jesus and so Galilee is uh, I believe it's in the north Yes, it's a region in the north. There's the Sea of Galilee. So here you go.
0: Yeah, I see this one too. Yeah, that's perfect. Up. So
1: you've got that region of Galilee. And one of the things we see about Jesus is that he spends the first kind of years and portion of his public ministry in the north. So in in Israel, right, this nation of Israel, this, this country here uh, that's along the Mediterranean Sea. The northern part of that, which is where they are in Galilee, uh, you're going to see a lot of episodes of his ministry so that we understand him to be in the northern region of Israel. righty, good question. Uh, I mean, we also understand that there is some relationship between John and, and Jesus, not that that's indicated here, but earlier that John was sent and was a the prophet Isaiah had, had said there would be one that would come in advance of this anointed one, this Messiah, this, this, uh, this specific, uh, deliverer that, that God was going to set apart, which is who the Messiah or the Christ, uh, would be. And that person would be kind of, there would be a, a forerunner or somebody who would come in advance to announce his coming. And so that's who John the Baptist, he fills that role. And then he's now been arrested. So Jesus comes into Galilee and he starts proclaiming the gospel of God.
0: What does it mean by the gospel of
1: God? Yeah. Uh, Because when I think of the gospel, I think of the story of Jesus Christ and the purpose for our salvation. Exactly. So hang on to that. So you've got Jesus and the purpose of our salvation, and God's redemptive plan. You've got all of those things are kind of wrapped up into this idea of the gospel of Jesus that we hear about. Here he particularly says, Jesus is now proclaiming, so he's going about proclaiming gospel of God. Gospel means good news, so this good news of God. And he defines it for us right here in verse 15, because as he's proclaiming this, we have in quotes what he's saying when he's proclaiming it, right? He's saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Therefore, repent, believe in this good news. So the good news of God is that his kingdom is at hand. So the next question is, what does that mean? When you hear Mm. kingdom of God, what do you think? Mm, Kingdom, I don't know if I think of a
0: place, I don't know if I think of a physical place, or just the, the purpose and the will of God, what he, his, his purpose for being here, his dominion, right? Yeah.
1: What do you think of? Oh, man, I, in the last couple of years. Because it's used so much, I've never thought about what I actually think about kingdom. Yep. I just think of the kingdom of God. I just think of his presence. And it's funny because the idea of a kingdom or a monarchy that's such a almost an anti-american sentiment right like we got our our country got its start by throwing off the kingship of great britain right so we're kind of opposed to that as americans anyway but when i when i think kingdom of god i've been studying a lot lately in genesis and some of the things that you realize, like even in the first chapter and the, the creation of the different days, days one, two, three, four, five, and six, there's something in the poet, the Hebrew poetry that's there that exists within Genesis where he is, God is showing us there's a natural order of creation. And part of the way that he's ordered things is, is to have a logic and a, a natural rule or authority structure within it. Hmm which is interesting he even says things like in genesis 1 which genesis first uh, book of the bible uh, man another great place to dive into but in and it's obviously very controversial a lot of people argue whether you know earth is a billions of years old or a couple thousand years old or, or whatever but don't miss what's going on in genesis in that there are first three days and the first day he he creates the lights right he says let there be light so before that there's darkness and uh there's chaos and then he god's spirit's hovering and he comes on the scene and he creates order and he starts to organize creation to have a certain order and within that he creates day one uh it's he creates the great lights day two he separates the water so there's upper water lower water in between sky And then on the third day, he creates and he causes land to emerge. And if you can think about days one, two, and three on one side, stacked up, then right next to them, days four, five, and six, day four, he creates the luminaries. He creates sun, moon, and stars. So day one and four. Day one, he creates light. Day four, he creates the things that kind of rule the light or cast the light. Then day two, he's got created this whole thing of water and sky. Day five creates birds and fish. Then day six parallels day three. On day three causes the land to emerge. And on day six, he creates animals and then he creates humans. And it's also interesting that it says when he, when he describes, and again, this is, this is poetic language, but he, he says I, he creates the, the sun and the moon to rule the day and the night he uses ruling language like authority language. And then he tells humans that you've been created to rule or have dominion over creation hmm. to rule and have authority. And then he says something about humans that we were created in God's image. But nothing else was. And you start to realize like in the ancient Near East. When they would have first received these scriptures. The idea of imagery, well, that was relegated to like when somebody ruled in a certain realm and they didn't have internet, they didn't have a, a good promotional campaign, they didn't have a way to exert their rule and authority or make it known other than casting their image, whether it was on coins or was in statues or murals. So in their realm, they would, to the extent that they, their authority reached, they would make their image produced all over. So you'd have statues and coinage and all kinds, you know, currency money uh, and paintings, these kind of things. And so that when somebody entered that realm, they knew, okay, where I see this face all over, that must be the guy who's in charge. And we see that today in the middle east uh the sheiks they have those big murals in the middle east of and you're like okay that guy must be in charge Mm -hmm. his face is really big on that building but when god's creating us and he says i've made man male and female in my image in genesis 1 and then he tells them to be fruitful and multiply that means he wants his image to spread throughout the world so that as his image spreads, people understand that that's his realm, Mm. that he has authority in that place. Anywhere his image extends, he's got the authority. So I think you're right that maybe it's not so much a place, but a realm, And, and so there's something about the kingdom of God is at hand, and so his rule, his reign, his authority is about to be experienced. And
0: fulfilled is inferring that this was something that was foreknown. Yeah. That is, is happening now.
1: Right. It is. It is the, the plan is playing out. Mm. And it's, it's coming. And somehow Jesus is related to that plan. And like you said, when you think, well, you know, we hear gospel of Jesus and that you think of salvation. You think about redeeming lost and sinful people. Like that's all true and that's all related to this idea of God's rule and reign and realm like uh, is, is, is coming to be. So we have John
0: arrested, Jesus coming in and saying, Jesus proclaiming the good news of God. Right, and that is the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand, this was foreknown, it's going according to plan.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And therefore, your response to that news is repent. Yes. Yeah. So now what? Now repent and believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, so faith that that word believe is is a, in the Greek would be trans could be translated believe or faith. So this idea of putting your trust or your confidence in Christ, and also repent. Wait, that's a churchy word. What mm. do you? I mean, we hear it. And we go, okay, I know that's something I should do. And I think a question is, how often do I do that? Is that something I just do on the front end when I first, you know, am, uh, I'm saved or I begin to follow Christ, do I repent then? Or is that something that's daily? I and mean, that's a it's an interesting word. When you hear repent, what comes to mind?
0: I would say the first thing that comes to mind when I hear about, when I hear repent is somewhere along the lines of, someone who repents has set aside their pride and their hard heart to admit something, that they have missed the mark, hmm. that they they haven't hit the expectations, right? And so it's like this admittance of, I, I didn't do what I needed to do, and would you consider that asking for forgiveness in the same sense of repentance or would you consider repentance just the admittance of of missing the mark
1: yeah i think you're i think you're right on with the idea of repentance is that i now agree and and totally admit i have missed the mark i've messed up i'm not right and so it's that admittance and then the by faith, trusting in the forgiveness that mm. comes in Christ, right? So one of the ways that I talk even to my kiddos about it, that repentance is something that we're going to do, obviously, when we first come to Christ, we, when we become aware of our sin and who Jesus is and who we are and our need for him and that we have no other hope besides him, we're coming to a place of realization that we realize, whoa, I am messed up. I need help. I I've tried and I can't. I'm so broken. So we we get to that place of admittance. And then there's a turning from that brokenness and then turning to Christ and looking into his face and by faith saying, "I trust in what you've accomplished and I trust you alone to take care of this brokenness." Yeah. So it's a it's it is I think it's a step of admitting And then that's why he says, repent and believe. Paul will say in Colossians, one of his letters that he writes to the church in Colossians in chapter two, verses six, uh, seven, and eight, I think it's right around verse seven. Maybe he says in the same way you received Christ Jesus. So walk in him, rooted and built up in him. Well, this is it. We receive Christ by faith and repentance we recognize our brokenness we turn to him and trust him completely to fix it we can't we don't try to manufacture some sort of fix for it i mean the the issue is with humanity is in our brokenness when we try to fix our brokenness with brokenness it just becomes more broken like we don't we don't have the tools or the ability to even begin to to make it clean it's like uh <laughs> When I see my kids or like somebody who's uh, you know, a young kiddo and they, they make a mess and then they try to clean up their mess with messy things, like if, they've, if they, if they like, spill the ketchup on the countertop and it gets all over their napkin and so there's ketchup on the napkin and there's ketchup all over the table and then they go, well, the tool I'm supposed to use is napkin. So then they start to clean up the ketchup with a ketchup infused napkin. They're just spreading more ketchup. Like that's us. Yeah. when we attend to our brokenness, and so we go, I I can't even fix it. I'm at a total loss.
0: It reminds me of, at some point, Paul says, you'd probably know better than me. You, not probably. <laughs> you would definitely know better than me, but I, it reminds me of what Paul said at one point. Of It's like, well, what's the point of these commandments and obeying God's law and, 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 and obeying what he's telling us to do? Number one, it is going to improve our life because he knows us better than we know ourselves right. because right. he knows our ultimate good and what's going to satisfy us and what's not but number two it's also to realize we are radically not going to ever be able to do what he's telling us to do mm-hmm. perfectly we will never be able to fulfill perfectly the law and the commandments and it's to for us to be able to see our inadequacy in our failure to do this on our own so it's like it's it's set up in a way for repentance for Mm -hmm. us to be like i obviously can i have tried and i cannot do this on my
1: own and i'm admitting that i'm trying and i still can't hit the mark yeah even on our best day right he says that our righteousness is like filthy rags like even on our best day so As you stand back, I mean, we've only covered two verses, but man, they're jam-packed. You stand back, what are some kind of, some realizations that you go, okay, these are some things that I need to remember as I leave this this room and I start walking out on the rest of my day, man, keeping these things in the forefront would be huge.
0: Yeah, I see, based on these verses, Mm -hmm. I, I would say that you see John's arrested, you know, John, what an incredible human being. He said, I believe that Jesus said that no one walked the earth as, as good as John. Yep. And it's like this guy who was so close to Jesus has been arrested. And that seems like really bad news, yeah. but Jesus comes in proclaiming the good news of God yeah. and saying the time is fulfilled. So what do I take from that? I take a really bad circumstance and Jesus is saying there's good news here the time's fulfilled meaning i knew this was going to happen this was foreknown and so i take that jesus is in is in control he has a plan and the time is at hand so what are we to do it's to continually let god know i am going to miss the mark and i need your help it's a reliance on Mm -hmm. god and asking him to increase our faith and decrease our doubt so that we can put our faith in him and believe in the gospel. That's so well put. That's
1: so well put. So some things that if you've been tracking with this podcast, if we're if we're going to stand back and recognize Mark is trying to give a particular plea for us to see something about Jesus, we see and understand that he is that anointed one that had been prophesied for years, hundreds and hundreds of years. He is that anointed, that promised Messiah, uh, Savior, and it was foretold, and there, it just like he was foretold, there was also a forerunner that was foretold. So John the Baptist came and he proclaimed, and although John had a, a baptism of repentance, there was going to be a baptism of the Spirit that this Messiah, who is Jesus Christ, was going to have. And now we see here that as he... Was proclaiming. He was proclaiming something that was prophesied and was now the fulfillment of something that had been in the works since the beginning and was now at hand, that there is a God is going to reign, God's gonna rule, and that our response, rightly so, to that kingdom is repentance and absolute trust in the king who we're going to find out i mean it's kind of a spoiler alert but we kind of there's there's kind of this anticipation (laughs) of who that king of this kingdom is so parker man what a great day what a great time spent in the word i'm so glad that you were on today and i'm so glad to have you as a future guest multiple times over uh so thank you so much for being here today man thank you so much for having me this was amazing this was a lot of fun So uh, if you have questions, if if there are some things that either Parker or myself said that you want a little bit more clarity, you want to follow up, go and email takeandreadpodcast at gmail.com. That's takeandreadpodcast, all spelled out, no spaces, anything, just spell it all out. And, uh, that's where I'll receive feedback and be able to interact with you, uh, when there are questions. And so I'm sure there's a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, and so we would love to respond to those questions, but thank you so much for, for joining us today and be sure to tune in next time. If you are just joining us for the first time, run back and listen to those other episodes. You're not too far behind. Uh, and again, we're, we're only 15 verses into chapter one and there's a lot more to come. So thank you again. Have a great day.